Welcome to BG Mania, a video game music podcast found right here at Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. Happy anniversary. Yeah, dude, we're not even going to do, we're not even going to do the ad read listed on this episode. We're going to skip that. This is a special bonus episode. There was just an episode yesterday, July 11th, Wednesday. We got another one today, Thursday, July 12th. You know why? The very first episode of BG Mania, episode one, which was our Super Mario Brothers episode where we did music from Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3 on the NES. One of the only few episodes you yourself have not been on. That was uploaded July 12th, 2017. Worst episode ever. Uh, no, actually, dude, those are some of the uh, top rated episodes. Those have the most downloads. The ones that the ones you that dirty <laughs> the ones that Frank and the uh, artist formerly known as El Francaro were, were uh, not a part of. We're not going to see El Francaro today on the anniversary episode, are we? Fake news, and maybe you will. No, 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 no. Remember, we retired. We retired the mask. He's not even on the prediction episodes anymore for the wrestling stuff. He's a, he's a special guest character who may show up later on. <laughs> I hope not. That this, man. This is a party. Yeah, well, yeah. You're sitting there drinking some water. I've got my Powerade here. Oh, dude, we we know how to party. Andrew WK says the best, dude. When it's time to party, we party hard. Party, 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 party <laughs> till you die. <laughs> no, that's uh, rage too. See, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, so we're going to have some fun today. Obviously, this is going to be a much longer episode than normal. We're basically doing this like a double-sized version of Radio Hour. So I've came prepared with eight tracks. Frank's came prepared with eight tracks. We have four tracks from the listeners, and we have four tracks from Jessica. So again, just kind of double-sizing the uh, the Radio Hours. We're going to have some fun. We are allowing repeats on the anniversary episode. So tracks that we have previously played on other episodes of Radio Hour, other episodes of BG Mania, we're allowing those to be played here on the one year anniversary episode. And this is something that we'll do every year on July 12th. We will always have, you know, obviously this year, one year anniversary, July 12th, 2019. We'll do our two year anniversary. July 12th, 2019 will be a triple size episode. We will have. We are not going to continuously. We are not going to continuously up the ante. No, 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 no. Yes, we are, Brian. Just you wait for our 10 year anniversary and we have 120 tracks. <laughs> yeah, so that opening track there for the anniversary episode, we actually started out with a listener track. And this was submitted to us about two months ago from a listener by the name of Alan. They submitted this track through email, and that was the epilogue to The Last Guardian. The Last Guardian was a game that launched on PlayStation 4 back on December 6th, 2016. If you remember, The Last Guardian also is the game that uh, was was heavily criticized and mocked because of how long it took to develop. Uh, it originally was... Team Ico. Yeah, T, well, um, it was originally Team Eco. Now it's basically gen design. Uh, it was originally announced in 2007 and would finally release in 2016. So nine years after it first got announced, after going through several delays, several cancellations, starting out on the PlayStation 3, uh, the, the game had a tragic development cycle. But when it finally came out, it was a fantastic game. It was beautiful. The, the story that they told um, between Trico and the boy is is beautiful and epilogue music obviously that's going to be something you hear toward the end of the game and you could tell just by the way the music builds up and how emotional it sounds like that's an emotional track and it's it's meant to elicit those types of feelings from the players it was composed by Takeshi Furukawa and looking him up because that's somebody we've not talked about before on the podcast he's only known for two video games 
one of them being The Last Guardian, which won IGN's award for best original music and was nominated for the BAFTA Game Awards for music, the DICE Awards for outstanding original music, the IFMCA Award for best original score, and the South by Southwest Gaming Awards for excellent musical score. Did not win those, but it was nominated. The only other game he did was the 2010 remake of GoldenEye 007 which we have played a James Bond um, episode. We know we did do a James Bond episode previously here on uh, on VG Mania, where we did play some tracks from the original GoldenEye, but not the remake of GoldenEye. So I believe the 2010... Kind of, kind of a pretty big variance between the two games he played, too, huh? Yeah, the, uh, the 2010 original, that was the Wii release, right? I think so. Yes. I think the 2010 release was the, the Wii one. Um, in terms of other things that he's done, though, he, he is the um, orchestrator for Star Wars The Clone Wars. So uh, that's something. Uh, the you know, the cartoon. You know, he's not the actual composer, but he's the orchestrator. Uh, and then in terms of TV, he is the composer behind. Oh, I guess he is the composer behind the uh, cartoon as well. So. Okay. He's the orchestrator and the composer. He just he that it's listed twice under his biography. But that's all that he does, man. So they they just contracted him to do the Last Guardian, and it turned out really well. The soundtrack's good. Obviously, it was nominated for several awards, and IGN gave it the best. So, pretty cool. That was a good track. Good track indeed. Yeah. But what we're gonna do here? We're gonna go ahead and move into my first pick, and I am gonna start out with a track we've already played. So this track comes from episode number 45 of BG Mania. Episode 45 of BG Mania was our launch games episode, where we took a look at uh, games that released on the same day as the consoles came out. I want to go back to one of my favorite tracks that we've played throughout the last 52 episodes plus bonus episodes of BG Mania. This is one of my all-time favorite tracks that we've done so far. Was it one that I picked? Or this is one, one actually one that, one that I picked. One that I oh, picked. Of course, but well, I wish we could <laughs> So this is one of my favorite tracks that we've played to date throughout all the episodes we've done. From Battle Arena to Shenden, this is Ellis's theme. <laughs>
And that was Ellis's theme from Battle Arena Toshinden. Again, that released on the original PlayStation September 9th, 1995 here in North America, which is the same day that uh, the PlayStation 1 did release here in North America. And again, it was composed by Yasuhiro Nakano, who did all the music for the Battle Arena Toshinden games. And I tell you what, man, I absolutely love that track. Like I said, that is perhaps my favorite thing that we've played to date so far on BG Mania. I really, really enjoy that track. That's a bold thing to say, Brian. It was a great song, but it's not the favorite thing you've ever heard in a BG Mania. Uh, it, 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 to me, uh, it is. Actually, it, I take it back. In fact, it is the favorite thing you've heard on a BG Mania, because my next track is going to blow that away. Well, well, we'll see when we get there. We'll see when we get there. But, but yeah, like, but yeah that, that's... It's a launch title. I, I love that episode. That was a fun one. Yeah, to do. no, that was definitely a, a very fun episode we've done. And I definitely, like I said, that's that's why I want to start doing more themed episodes in the future. Obviously, we have the rest of 2018 planned out, but uh, I really enjoyed the themed episodes. And I think that they just they just they're more fun to do. Like they're they're exciting because they're so varied and different. That was the same episode that saw me pick a, a track from the Gizmondo, a, a sentence I never thought I would utter. <laughs> yeah, sticky balls. <laughs> sticky balls. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. But no, just that 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 track, dude, is is so freaking good. The actual guitar, just the way that it moves through the actual motions and stuff. That I don't know, dude. That just something about that piece of music. When I first heard it, because I knew I wanted to pick something from the PlayStation, and Battle Arena Toshinden is a game that I played back in the day, but it's not something that I would remember, like, or or go back and say, oh wow, I need, I remember this having such a great soundtrack. But when I was looking at the the launch lineup for the original PlayStation and, you know, seeing Battle Arena to Shunden explore the soundtrack, it's really, really good. But when I came upon Ellis's theme, I was just blown away by how amazing it actually was. So that's why I wanted to make sure that one got played again here in the anniversary episode. Dude, it's it's so good. I, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan, but I'm curious what you are, uh, what you're going to go with here, because you said that I haven't. We haven't heard this track before. This is a new. This is a new track. This is a new track. Um, I actually, I'm not gonna lie. I consulted a few people. Okay. Talked to a few friends. That's I was fine. Like, yeah, it's fine. You know, I, I was like, I was like, you know, we have an anniversary episode coming up. Give me your your oddball, one-off, great song from a video game that no one would possibly think was awesome. Okay. And we came up with this one. So sourced amongst the friends. Of the Frankiverse, the little Frankomaniacs out there. <laughs> yeah. This is Sponge Cookie from Road Rash 3D.
that was Sponge Cookie from Road Rash 3D. Uh, that was composed by a group called the Mermen. Yeah, which they are an actual band, correct? Uh, they've been a band since they've been a band since '89 uh, through lots of different iterations. Oh, okay. They're they're rooted in like surf and psychedelic rock music. Yeah, it definitely has that feel to it. Obviously, you know, you can just very uh, very 1960s California esque type of music and it's, and it's the kind of music you just want to hear while you're just you know road rashing punching people off their motorcycles grabbing a crowbar slamming it into someone's helmet knocking them off their bikes road rash 3d oh, not my favorite road rash game i'm not a huge fan of road rash 3d it was the last road rash game i ever played it, but I, I, I don't know if it, it was the last one in the series or no i don't know if it was the last one in the series i don't know when road rash 64 came out uh road rash 3d they think they came at the same time road rash 3d was 98 Okay, Road Rash 64 may have been 99. I'm not sure. Um, but the, the, the soundtrack itself had Sugar Ray, Kid Rock, uh, lots of, you know... Yeah, lots of know. licensed tracks in the actual soundtrack, yeah. Yeah, but I tried to avoid those, try to get something that was a little more, you know... Video gamey? That's the word. That's, that's a word. <laughs> if it's not a word, we're making it a word. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fun, though, dude. Like, that, that's, a, that's a fun track, obviously. Like I said, very 1960s-esque California. Um... Kind of reminded me of like something you might hear in like SpongeBob SquarePants. Hey, Sponge Cookie, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing that really killed this game, though, and you were right, it's August '99 for Road Rash '64. Oh, wow, uh, okay, that's it. that's cool. I because that was without me pulling anything up because I'm literally just sitting here. So, cool. um, the game didn't have multiplayer, and it, 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 it really and it focused more on combat than anything else. So, yeah, it was a bit of a dud. But I remember just, I remember writing this game and having a blast because I, I, I love Road Rash. Right. Uh, I, I haven't enjoyed a Road Rash game since the Genesis ones, uh, Road Rash 1, 2, and 3. Those, I, I think, are the, obviously the pinnacle of Road Rash. Road Rash 2, I think, being my favorite. There was a, uh, like, a spiritual successor release last year called Road Rage, which yes, is yes. terrible. How was it? Okay. <laughs> so and, bad. And, you know, while I'm at it, you know, this was actually the second to last Road Rash game. There was one that came out in 2003 called uh, Road Rash Jailbreak. What system was that also, on? PlayStation 1. PS1. Also, a garbage game that was critically destroyed. So Yeah. I just remember renting the Road Rash games on the Genesis back in like the mid 90s. And that, I, that, that's, that's, exactly, my, that's my experience with Road Rash. So I was going to say, yeah, going, going to uh, the Blockbuster and picking up a copy of the Road Rash. So what, what I would do all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. For me, it was uh, first row video because that's what I had next to me. But uh, gr- I like old men go, going to the video store and renting <laughs> things. I still do from time to time. I have a family video less than less than like five blocks away. So kids, what, what a video store is? It's kind of like no, it's, it's kind of like the red box, <laughs> except it's a whole building. <laughs> the family video by us is actually still really popular. They are they are always busy. So good for them. Uh, they don't have a huge selection of video games. Obviously, they 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 mostly do movies, DVDs, Blu-rays, but uh, they they obviously do have you know the Xbox One section, PS4. They have like twenty or thirty games on the Switch. They have a Wii U section, 3DS, uh, and they still have 360 and PS3 games as well. So, but as I, as I mentioned, I, I sourced this one out by asking people because yeah. part of the question was, what game do you really want to have a resurgence? Mm-hmm. Hey, EA, it's been a good fifteen years. How about a nice, good Road Rash game? Like, Sure, just make sure it does, does not resemble Road Rage, because that game was bad, like I said. 
I have no problem with you just throwing all your loot boxes in this game for me to get extra Come on now. No, no, no. I, I, no, no, I have no, a thousand no. problems to that. Yeah, <laughs> we're not we're not going that far, and we don't. I don't want Road Rash to come back if it's full of loot boxes or microtransactions. So, I will put my foot down on that one. But, but, but seriously though, like, as long as I have the rock and soundtrack, and mm -hmm. I get the motorcycle my way and beat people up, I'll buy it. Yeah, no, I would too. I would absolutely buy it. I, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, okay. Let's go to another one of my picks for this episode. This one year anniversary celebration here on BG Mania. We're going to go to what I oftentimes will put as my number one game of all time. You should know what that is. Uh, Coolio's Island Adventure. <laughs> it's it. It fluctuates between The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and World of Warcraft. So we're going to go to a track from World of Warcraft from a expansion that I've yet to play something from. So we're going to go to World of really? Warcraft. Yeah, World of Warcraft Burning Crusade, which was the first expansion to World of Warcraft and is the one that really solidified my love of Warcraft. So we'll talk about it more when we get back. Let's listen to Silver Moon City. was Silver Moon City from World of Warcraft of the Burning Crusade. Again, that was the first expansion released for World of Warcraft on January 15th, 2007. The only expansion to ever release at the beginning of a year. So World of Warcraft itself released at in 2004, and the Blizzard model is they tried to release an expansion every two years. So in theory, the Burning Crusade was supposed to release 
toward the end of 2006. They hit a snag, something happened, they had to delay it, it released January 15th, 2007. Um, which is why when Wrath of the Lich King came out, that still released on schedule near the end of 2008. So from Burning Crusade to Wrath of the Lich King is the shortest time we've had in between two expansions. Because then, you know, from 2008, we had 2010 was Cataclysm, 2012 was Mists of Pandaria, 2014 was Warlords of Draenor, and 2016 was Legion. Obviously, coming up in two months is Battle for Azeroth. So they've they've released an expansion every two years for World of Warcraft. Um, and, and they do it, like I said, it's it's on a, like a, like a actual cycle. And they're done. I, in have, I have a question for you then. What's that? Because um, you play Warcraft, does yeah. anyone even visit Silvermoon City anymore? Being that this is a 2007 thing, um, talking about something 11 years ago. Is so it like still the, a prominent area? Well, it's the base cities somewhat, but not really. So Silvermoon City is the same as like the uh, the Exodar, which is the Dry Nice City, which was also released in the Burning Crusade. They do try to put some importance behind those cities in, in later expansions and stories to try to get people to go back to them, but they are for the most part desolate, just because each new expansion normally releases a new hub, a new sanctuary or new cities where max level players will hang out. And you, know, it, you don't really have to go back to these cities unless you need to go back for like an auction house or something like that, because there okay. are like in Dalaran in Legion, unless you're an engineer, there's no auction house. If you choose, though, like to to go back to a city for an auction house, you normally pick one city from the faction. For the Alliance, it's Stormwind City. That's the one that everyone normally goes to, whatever race, you, regardless of your race, it's Stormwind. For the Horde, regardless of your race, it's Orgrimmar. So, you know, the, the Orc City. So those are the two, uh, Orgrimmar and Stormwind City are the two biggest cities for the Alliance and the Horde. So Stormwind City, the Undercity, Thunder Bluffs, um, you know, just these these random ass cities like Ironforge for the Alliance, uh, Exodar, what else is there? Um, Darnassus. Darnassus is disappearing in Bur Battle for Azeroth. That's the one that's burning down, the burning of Teldrassil. That's that's ha that's taking place right now in the uh, in the pre-patch when that goes up. And then obviously the siege of the Undercity, like the undead is losing the Undercity. So the w Warcraft is changing a lot, uh, obviously. And what's cool about this being on a cycle, obviously two expansions every two, every uh, one expansion every two years. So around this time, in between June and September, maybe as late as BlizzCon 2019, we'll have the next expansion announced for World of Warcraft. So sometimes they announce the expansions at Gamescom in August. So Gamescom 2019 may have the next Warcraft expansion announced, or that might be announced BlizzCon 2019. But that's just it's, it's just really cool how the, the cycle works, because obviously the year that an expansion releases, you know, next year, the year after you're going to have the next announcement. And then the year after that, you're going to have the release. So you always typically know what's coming next for World of Warcraft. There might be like a couple weeks to a month after a patch releases or after an expansion releases to where you don't know what's coming next. But for the most part, we always do. Uh, composer wise for this one, though, we had Russell Brower, Matt Ullman and Derek Duke as the uh, the trio behind this one. Um, more than likely, that was the Russell Brower composition. He is the main composer behind the Warcraft expansions and the Warcraft base game. Russell Brower is fantastic. One of my all time favorite composers just because of what he does with Warcraft. Uh, I really need to get back to it, man. I obviously I have these two characters that I'm building up to get ready for Battle for Azeroth and I haven't touched them I in weeks. I told you, you've sold me on it, and as soon as Vanilla Warcraft comes Ooh, out... Oh, yeah, I can't wait, dude. 
I, I will be doing my noble part in joining the horde. Alliance. Take out you nasty, take out you nasty tricksy alliances. No, we're on the alliance. We don't join the horde. Why would I not want to be an, a freaking awesome orc, just laying waste to everything I see? DPS. You're already an orc, in real life. Uh, yes, I'm a member of the orc high. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. What are you gonna play for us next? You know what? You've inspired me, Brian. I'm gonna go back to the past. Play something that we've played before as well. Okay, cool. Possibly the best song we've played in the past. Okay. A song that I sing every single day in my head because I can never escape its tune. Is that true? And if you're the same way, I apologize. It's one of the ones that's always stuck in there. Okay. So if you're the same way, I apologize. This is from Final Fantasy VII, One Winged Angel. Boom, boom,
And that was One Winged Angel from Final Fantasy VII, composed by Jack John <laughs> Nobu Yumatsu. Sephiroth. Let's do one's in tennis. Burning inside with violent anger. Which, like you did say, that is from a previous episode of BG Mania. That was actually episode number 26. That was our Final Fantasy Part 3 episode. The halfway point for BG Mania. Yes, indeed. Yeah, Final Fantasy episode 26, or sorry, BG Mania episode 26, the halfway point of the year. Uh, that was the episode where we played tracks from Final Fantasy 6 and Final Fantasy 7. Arguably two of the best Final Fantasy games of all time as well, so. And you know, honestly, I, no, no, I don't think so. Is that great? Uh, seven Which awesome. you're insane to say that six is uh, six is most people's favorite. Nine times out of ten, they're gonna choose six. Four, okay. Four. Uh, I, I told you, four is amazing. Tell you, four is fantastic. But to say that uh, to say that four, six four, four changed four changed my life. To say that six is is not you said four, six is not that great is insane. Obviously, dude, one winged angel, a fantastic piece of music. Every time they play that at Distant Worlds, uh, obviously I was there live when they did it at uh, Distant Worlds in Pittsburgh. Plus they do it at the uh, the smaller one. They, they had one in Cleveland, uh, a new world, I think that one's called. And they do it. It's much, it's a, was, was Umatsu-san there? No, he was not. Um, uh, we, th- we, with the one we went to in Pittsburgh, there was nobody at the one in Cleveland because it was again a new world is very small, very intimate. They usually hold those in like uh, small arenas, like no more than two or three thousand seats, and they just have a couple people play in the tracks. It's really, really pretty, really, really cool. Distant worlds are holding like actual symphony halls. So we went, we went, me, Jessica, Justin, and Christina, Justin's wife, we went and saw it at Heinz Hall in Pittsburgh. Uh, Hatoshi Sakamoto was there, the composer of Final Fantasy XII and Final Fantasy VI. I actually have a special guest who wants to give a special uh, fact about this game. Oh my god. Hey everybody, I'm back! Alfred Kira, baby! Arima! Arima! I had to come back for the anniversary episode to give you an L. Frank Caro fact. Arriba! Andere! So, Mr. So, <laughs> Nobu Uematsu, who currently resides in Tokyo with his wife, Reiko, uh, in his spare time, you know what he enjoys? Huh? You stupid idiot? Some, t- some he enjoys, ta- tacos and Mexican food. He enjoys drinking beer, professional wrestling, and bicycling. And heavy metal. Come on now, black uh, mages. Absolutely. Awesome. And Yamatsu said he originally wanted to become a professional wrestler, mentioning it was a career dream when he was younger. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> maybe. Oh, maybe he, he he was. He's the. He is what Shinsuke Nakamura is now. Can you imagine if that was Nobu Yamatsu instead? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. No, I'm so, so glad that he. Went for the music instead of the wrestling. Me too. Me too. I, th- I think right. the uh, the world would have been a much sadder place had he not actually composed the world, the all this a, music. The world's a better place. The world's a much better place with now him. Let, now let me get the hell out of here. Yeah, get out of here. You're not, you're, not even, you're not even welcome back on the wrestling podcast anymore. Get out of here. Well, we don't do that anymore anyway, so. Is he gone? Do you leave? Oh, uh, Yeah. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah. All right. Maybe we'll get you some. Be careful, though. He, he hits me. Maybe we'll. Uh, maybe we'll have to get some tank tidbits and Brian's brain busters and all that stuff that we don't do anymore. Oh, don't you worry. I have some tank tidbits coming up and planned. <laughs> nice. Uh, 
It's funny that uh, obviously One Winged Angel being composed by Nobu Yamatsu, though, the L. Frank Carofax, he wanted to be a professional wrestler. That is the, uh, obviously the name of Kenny Omega's finishing move as well. So kind of funny how that all ties in somewhat. So Cool. It's cool. Yeah. Um, I don't really watch wrestling all that much. You, know, but, uh... <laughs> you liar. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Frank Carol thing. Yeah, sure it is. Let's go ahead and kick over to our first Jessica pick on the one-year anniversary episode. She's got four picks. Like I said earlier, we have four from her, four from listeners. So let's go ahead and get her first pick in. What do you got for us? Hey, guys. For my first pick, I decided to go with the song from Undertale, which shockingly was actually a pick from one of our listeners originally. Um, I I never played the game, but I must admit I did enjoy the art style when I looked it up, and I just really enjoyed this song, and I felt like this song needed justice for the anniversary of BG Mania. Enjoy. was Megalovania from Undertale, which is from a previous episode. That was BG Mania, episode number 38, which was Radio Hour, volume 9. And that was actually submitted to us from a listener for that episode. Uh, I uh, Unfortunately, I did not go back and actually listen to see what listener actually submitted that back on uh, volume 9 of Radio Hour, but that was a listener track on that episode. And Thank what's are awesome and we love you yeah so thank you to the original listener who submitted that one back on episode 38 thanks to jessica for wanting to play that again and what's interesting um you know that that track made her want to play the game like when she heard that music on the episode she's like wow i really want to play undertale so that, that's kind of cool that uh, obviously you and i both know extremely well how a piece of music can make you really want to play a game and uh it, it's kind of cool when others feel that feel that same thing so i, I really like that that's cool i like that um, just for the uh, just just for the clarity purposes, Undertale released on September fifteenth, two thousand fifteen. Remember that was the game that was developed, published, written, and composed by the same person, Toby Fox. So he handled everything for uh, for Undertale, uh, which is really I cool. I wish I was that talented. I wish you were that talented too. I mean, it's it's hard enough just holding down this podcast and being you know the magnanimous star that I am. You know, my is shoulders it, already hurt enough from carrying you, but is it because you're as big as a star? 
fine. Don't hey, be a bully. It's not an be anniversary episode unless I make a fat joke. I okay, make an, I make I make a joke every single episode almost. Yeah, but not not funny on the audio podcast. You <laughs> bastard. Don't be a bully. Be a star. <laughs> you are a star. I'm a superstar. <laughs> So yeah, that was fun. Obviously, we're going to have three more tracks from Jessica a little later in the episode. And we also have three more tracks from a listener. And why don't we go ahead and move to our second listener submission for this anniversary episode today. Uh, This one came to us through email from Jason. And they submitted a track that is from a game that I think changed the landscape of video games when this one came out. Leisure Suit Larry? No, Leisure Suit Larry did not change the landscape of video games. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about The Last of Us. And this track is simply titled The Last of Us. was The Last of Us from The Last of Us. (laughs) That was submitted to us from listener of the show, Jason. And like I said, I really feel like when The Last of Us came out, which it originally released on June 14th, 2013 for the PlayStation 3, developed by Naughty Dog, published by Sony, um, composed by Gustavo Santanalata, I think is how you would say his last name, Santoalata, maybe? Uh, Whatever it is, I'm sure you're wrong. Santoa Lada, Santoa Lala, maybe. Gustavo Santoa Lala. I'm going to go with that as my official, that's what it is. Gustavo (laughs) Santoa Lala. And uh, who we actually just saw on stage at Sony's E3 2018 press conference before the uh, The Last of Us Part 2 segment, if you remember. He was on stage for that. But uh, when this game came out in 2013, I feel like it changed the landscape of video games. Because... Before this one, I can't remember a game that ever started the way this one did. Yeah. (laughs) Like, seriously, like this really awesome opening sequence, which I'm not even going to spoil it because if you haven't played The Last of Us yet, I don't want to spoil it. Even though it's from 2013 released, I don't even want to spoil the opening intro. But, you know, you get this awesome introduction that you're actually playing through and what I still feel like is the most emotional thing to ever happen in a video game. It's one of those things like, you you ever played The Last of Us? And everyone's like, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about it. Yeah. 
no, it, it definitely it left emotional scars on me. Jessica just sat there and watched me play it, and I mean, she was fully invested from top to bottom with the game. Uh, I, I, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy what Naughty Dog was able to do with this. This game surpassed everything that they did with Uncharted. Uh, th that's why this game is regularly considered one of the greatest games of all time, and I and I fully believe that. Like The Last of Us, definitely, it lives up to all the hype that people put behind it because it's so good. That's why I think that two is going to be like the game of the year. I think there's a good chance that it has. I think there's a good chance it will be when it comes out, uh, whether that's 2019 or 2020. Um, whenever The Last of Us Part Two comes out, I really feel like there's a good chance it ends up being game of the year, especially if they're able to capitalize on the story that they told in the first one. So which we obviously know we are still playing as Ellie in The Last of Us Part Two. Um, we, that's all we know, though. Like, that's all they've really shown us. We've had hints of Joel being in the game based off the first trailer we saw from The Last of Us Part Two, but that could have been a flashback for all we know. Who knows? Um, the most recent trailer we saw at E3 2018 was with uh, two new characters that uh, that we weren't even familiar with before. So, yeah, I, that's I, true. Yeah. So we, we actually we actually doubted that uh, Joel and Ellie would be in the game. Which yeah, yeah. So uh, pretty cool. No, I'm definitely, definitely excited to see what Naughty Dog comes up with with uh, with part two for The Last of Us. And I'm sure because Gustavo Santoalala is behind the soundtrack once again, that is, actually I'm looking and that is how you would say his last name. It's S-A-N-T-A-O-L-A-L-L-A, -L -L -A, Santoalala. That's a cool last name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, since he is on board for the uh, for the soundtrack of part two, it's going to be just as great. So. We're going to go ahead and move in to my next pick on today's episode. And you made a joke earlier when I when I picked something from a from a previous episode of BG Mania. You had you had said if uh, if it was something that you had picked before. And I told you no. This time it actually is. So we're going to go back to a, a previous pick from a previous episode of of BG Mania, which we'll get to after we listen to it. So let's go ahead and take a listen to the ending theme from Streets of Rage.
And that was the ending theme from Streets of Rage. Again, this released on September 18th, 1991 here in North America for the Sega Genesis. And it was composed by, again, one of my favorite composers of all time, Mr. Yuzo Koshiro. I wanted to make sure he was represented on the anniversary episode, so I had to get something in there. And uh, this is one of my all-time favorite tracks that he's actually done. So this appeared on a, like I said, a previous episode of BG Mania. It was BG Mania number 32, which was our romantic music pick. That actually fell on Valentine's Day of this year. Yeah, and we uh, we went back and forth picking music. Uh, what's interesting to note, though, is that you had a hell of a time picking music for that episode. And uh, you know, it's, it's it's hard because a lot of romantic music is in the JRPG um, yeah, genre. Yeah, it is. It is. So, which you're not, uh, which you're not, uh, which, which, which largely I'm not familiar with. In. Yeah. Although although I am. You're getting there. Big on the rage, uh, I'm pretty big on the Streets of Rage. Uh, world, Street, so. Yeah, but what's what's weird is though when you submitted the tracks that you that you did submit, I think you submitted three out of the or three or four out of the needed eight that we needed. Um, you didn't have some big ones on there, and I, I sent you a list of ones that actually didn't make my cut. And the ending theme from Streets of Rage happened to be on there, and I'm glad that you picked that one from the list of ones that I didn't choose from because I really wanted that to be in the show. <laughs> but I felt that the eight that I had, I just I felt spoke to me more because I, I was trying to go for a more a, for a different feel for that episode. But uh, I'm glad that you decided to go with the ending theme for Streets of Rage because it's definitely one of my favorite Yuzo Koshiro pieces of all time. Um, just, it's, dude, it just, it's a nice slow jam. I mean, it really is. And it just, it feels, even though it's the ending theme to a beat-em-up, it really feels like it could be a piece of music that wants to get you in the mood or put you in the mood just lay a woman down by the fire well but by the, Kva- by the beach Kvassier cognac by the beach by the beach because that's what you know you hear at the end of that track you hear them waves bonfire. crashing the bonfire there you go there you go yeah because you hear them waves crashing on the shore so but no obviously uh obviously i wanted to make sure yuzo kushiro was represented here in our anniversary episode and oh, what better what better way than one of his yuzo kushiro uh, represented. I was represented, so thank you, Brian. Yeah, yeah, because you actually uh, you didn't pick a track that you previously picked yourself. The one that you did choose, and which is the only one that you chose, uh, One Winged Angel, is from just a, a series episode where we just you know collect the best music from each game. So and I count that as picking a song that you picked. So there you go. Yeah, and then basically it is. But uh, no, I wanted to. Uh, like I said, I d- definitely. It's probably my favorite Yuzo Koshiro track. So just happened to be your pick. If it was my pick, it'd have been my pick, but. Happened to be your pick. Speaking of talk your about, picks. Exactly. Talk about my picks. <laughs> what are you going to go with next? Uh, I definitely wanted to get something from the series on this episode. One of my favorite series of all time. Oh, please don't be Portal. No, come on, Brian. You know me better than that. Mega Man 5. <laughs> okay. This, my friends, is Napalm Man. Enjoy. <laughs>
Hunt from Mega Man 5. That's a catchy track, dude. I like that. Ari Yamaguchi, the queen of the Mega Man uh, soundtrack genre. It's his own genre. I read that joke before. Yeah, previous, you, you, yeah. yeah. Well, it wasn't even meant to be a joke. It was kind of just like a slip of the tongue. Because you said, I, I forget exactly how you said that, but. Uh, like, like, everything's a genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slip of the tongue. But no, that's a great track. I like that. It's a great track. Great game, man. Like, I'm a big Mega Man fan. This is the one, uh, if for fans of the series, it introduced Beat the Bird. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not familiar. I don't know. I haven't played too many of the Mega Mans. Which, this, which, this which is crazy had, to say. It is. This is the one where Proto Man actually uh, had like a big what group a, of uh, guys. What a, ba- what a bastard he is. He is a bastard. <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. I, I love this song so much. I mean, it's. We could we could do a Mario Yamaguchi spotlight episode, and I'd be we happy as we are. We're going to. Mm-hmm. We will. We'll deep dive into that. Yeah, well, we'll definitely uh, take a deep dive into her career because I'd like to explore. I think all that we've played from her is stuff that she's. No, I think you did play one track that was outside of Mega Man, right? I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, I think you played one track on a, on a previous episode that was outside of the scope of Mega Man. Yeah, I, I pick from Capcom games all the time. Capcom is life. Uh, you know, between this and uh, the other Capcom game. No, I'm kidding. Uh, like <laughs> Gargoyles Quest, Street Fighter. No, I know, I know. Uh, just tons and tons of great music. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure it is. Uh, yeah, well, de- we definitely have her penciled in. I don't know exactly because we haven't gone outside of 2018 yet uh, in terms of the schedule. I think it's 2023, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> It'll probably be before that. But she's definitely on the list of composers that we want to take a deep dive into because I'd like to explore some of the other things that she's done besides Mega Man. Obviously, when we do that episode, there will be a healthy dose of Mega Man in there. Uh, I'm but, sure uh, there will be. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I definitely would like to uh, see some other things that she's done because that would be cool. Um, okay, let's go ahead and take a look at Jessica's next pick. So we're, we're getting close to the halfway point. We're on track number 10 on the anniversary episode today. So let's go ahead and do Jessica's second pick. And this one is from a game that she was... I think she might still be playing, all, in all honesty. It came out a while ago, but I don't think she's finished it yet. So let's kick it over to her and she'll introduce her track. We'll see you when we come back. All right. For my second pick, I decided to go with the song from a game that my brother actually bought me a few years ago on Christmas, and it's Stella Glow. I enjoyed the game. I'm obviously a huge, um, you know, strategy RPG fan, so I did enjoy it. Brian never tried it. He should. It's great. If you haven't tried it, you should. It's great. Here's the opening intro for the game. Just the one you feel it go. I feel 
that was Hikari no Metamorphosis, the English version, from Stella Glow. Stella Glow released on the Nintendo 3DS November 17th, 2015. Uh, her brother actually got that game for her for Christmas that year. It was actually published by Atlas here in, uh, in North America. But interestingly enough, the soundtrack was composed by two individuals, one of them being Shunsuke Tsuchiya, and the other is someone who I am extremely happy is still regularly doing compositions in the video game world in 2018, and that's Yasunori Mitsuda. Isn't that yes. crazy? Yeah, Yasunori Mitsuda actually uh, did most of the soundtrack for Stella Glow when it released in 2015. And like I said, he's still doing stuff in 2018 because as of this year, he's working on Edge of Eternity and uh, Inazuma 11 Eris. So he's still got two things coming out this year. Last year, he did the... Uh, you know, episode Ignis for Final Fantasy 15, as well as another Eden, Valkyria Revolution, and he had some tracks on Xenoblade Chronicles too. So wow. I, I'm just uh, extremely happy that Yasunori Mitsuda, who might I add is only 46 years old, is still very, very active in the video game industry. Um, crazy, crazy that he's only 46 years old. And it's even crazier that when he did the soundtrack for Chrono Trigger, he was 22 years old. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, Chrono, like I said, man, I wish, Chrono, I wish I was a genius. Yeah, Chrono Trigger, one of the highly regarded as one of the best soundtracks of all time. So... It's crazy, dude. But uh, no, from from what I gathered from that piece of music, which obviously uh, very catchy. I, I love the I love the instrumentation that's used in the background. I'm guessing that's the music that plays in the opening cinematic of the game. It sounds like that to me. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, obviously, we, we record our portions before Jessica records hers. So maybe she actually talked about that when, when she entered the track. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it seems it seemed like that to me. Because it has that typical, you know, JRPG tech, you know, type feel to it where they always have like an intro where they're showing the characters and the animation style with a uh, with a catchy J-pop track over the background. That's what it sounded like to me. So, but let's go ahead and move in to my next pick. And you and I made a joke off air recently because we have a spreadsheet and yes, <laughs> that, that that spreadsheet lists everything that we've picked on previous episodes of BG Mania. Brian, I'm going to stop you now. Don't do it. Because we, do we, it. we we obviously, as something we always say here is we never will play the same track more than once, but we are making, we are making, you know, exceptions for the anniversary episodes. But there's one letter that doesn't have anything on it. And that's the letter Q. It should remain that way. Don't do it, it, it should not remain that way because you said the soundtrack was bad. I actually found some good stuff on the soundtrack because the very first game that came to my mind when, when you said, hey, there's nothing under Q was Quest 64. So let's go ahead and take a listen to a track from Quest 64. This one is Highland. <laughs> Thank you. 
was Highland from Quest 64, which arguably is not a great game. Uh, you know, it is sitting at an average ranking of 54% on game rankings. That's generous. I, I wouldn't say it's generous. I, w- I, I would have gave the game, uh, if I was doing reviews back then, around a, you know, a 5.5 or a 6. I don't think it's terrible, but I definitely think it's a bad game. It's not terrible, though. I did play it. I didn't own a Quest 64. I, uh, I rented Quest 64 from the local first serve video down the street from my house. I remember, because it came out on June 1st, 1998 here in North America. I remember riding my bike w- uh, to first serve video with my friend Brandon. Uh, and we were obviously browsing through the uh, the new releases on the N64 section, and I picked up Quest and took that home for a week. Um, Why? 1998 was such a good game, year for video games. Why would you play that piece of nonsense garbage? Because I like oh. J- JRPGs. And Quest 64. Yeah, you know what? We all play a bad game once in a while. Quest, Quest 64 is potentially one of the only, if not the only, JRPGs on the N64. The N64 did not have too many Japanese role-playing games on it. I said, I think this might be the only one. <laughs> All right. Um, published by THQ, though, and it was composed by Masamichi Amano. He, uh, he hasn't done too much stuff in the, uh, in the gaming landscape, but I was able to find other things that he did do. He did do uh, Fantasy Star Universe, which released on PC, PS2, and Xbox 360 back in 2006. So he was the composer behind that. He was also the composer behind um, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games on the, on the Wii, which came out November 6, 2007. That was also him. And then, interestingly enough, he did portions of the soundtrack for Django Unchained. The movie. <laughs> so, so when it comes to video games, he puts out utter nonsense. Okay. Well, Fantasy Star Universe doesn't have a terrible soundtrack. But Pure there's, nonsense. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people that worked on Fantasy Star yeah. Universe. I don't know exactly what tracks he actually did. Uh, he he definitely seems like he's more active in the anime scene. He's composed a lot of a lot of soundtracks for animes. So. All right. Well, stick to the animation. Well, I don't know. Like I said, Quest 64, I know you Stop said it's, it, Brian. You Brian, said it's you're a, too, you're too no, 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 you said it was a terrible soundtrack and it's not. I listened to almost it the is. entire thing over the past day. After also, we you said, said the this. word not very weird. You Midwestern <laughs> son of a bitch. But uh, I listened to the whole soundtrack over the last like 24 hours since we've last recorded the block of these for the anniversary episode. And there's like four or five tracks that are pretty good. That being probably the best one. So you can't polish a turd, Brian. You can. It's just still a turd afterwards. All right. I am going to redeem 1998 after that abomination of a song you just played for us. I don't think it was an abomination at all, but sure. From Resident Evil 2, Capcom back to back from the, from the Frankster. Was that 98? Yes. Okay. This is the Scenario B ending theme. <laughs>
and that was the scenario B ending from Resident Evil 2. <laughs> Man, I cannot wait for the remake to come out. And this is coming from a guy who constantly on our podcast, Max Level, talks about how he hates remakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. But this game deserves one. I mean, the the, P, the PS1 graphics is great for what it is, but can you imagine this in stunning HD, balls to the wall, metal, just rocking? All games that were good back in the day deserve remakes to where they can be fully realized and, and with modern technology. I do feel that way. And my favorite thing about this game is... Um, What's that? Raccoon City is a Midwestern town, and I just get to kill a bunch of Midwesterners. <laughs> yeah. Suck it, Ohio. Long Island number one. Uh, uh no. Who, who knows where Raccoon City actually is? Uh, but it is in the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, um, which, which, funny enough, in our in our town theme episode of a previous BG Mania, you actually did pick the Raccoon City theme for that episode. So. I what could I say? I'm a Capcom mark. I love me some Capcom. <laughs> yeah. No, you you uh, definitely are. Now, this one was actually composed by three different people. This is uh, Masumi Ueda, uh, Sasuke Uchiyama, and Shion Nishigaki. Ugh, I butchered that one. Shion Nishigaki. Not as okay. easy as it seems. So. Okay. Are you, are you, are, do we know credit-wise which person was responsible for this one or no? Is it, we don't. Okay. That's, a, yeah. that's, a, that's the unfortunate thing. We're trying to find like specifics when a, when a game has more than one composer. Sometimes it's hard to find who's actually responsible for individual tracks. Yeah. It, it's so good, man. Like Yeah. No, it's a nice nice rocking tune. Uh, I might have a couple more of those in the bag later on. I know I kind of skew more towards the metal side when it comes to uh, my video game picks. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, But but after hearing that Quest 64 nonsense, I had to save you. (laughs) You're welcome. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully you're not driving, driving the driving the listeners away with all your head banging metalness. There's no chance that my next song could possibly be anything metal. So don't don't you worry. It probably is, then. Are you calling me a liar, Brian? You lie 98% of the time. That in and of itself is a lie. <laughs> Closer to 99. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I believe it. I actually do believe it. But uh, our next listener pick is surprising. And I actually am surprised. And the reason why it's surprising is because I'm surprised you yourself haven't picked this track yet. So. Oh god, you got you got me. Okay. Yeah. So, let's go ahead and kick it to our next listener pick for this anniversary episode. This one came to us through email, as they usually do. BGmania at leveldowngames.com. Submitted to us from Roy. It's a track from one of your favorite game franchises of all time, Frank. Perhaps, perhaps even your favorite game of all time. What song from Skyrim are we getting? We're not getting Skyrim. Skyrim is not your favorite game of all time. Let's go ahead and take a listen. What song from Mario 3 am I getting? No. I guess that probably is your favorite game of all time. Uh, Let's go ahead and take a listen to A-Type from Tetris. Definitely a favorite. Definitely a favorite.
And that was A-Type from the original Tetris. Tetris released on the Game Boy, July 31st, 1989, which I think may have been the release date for the Game Boy here in North America, because I'm pretty sure that was a launch title. So surprising, again, that you haven't picked from Tetris, but also surprising you didn't pick this for the launch episode that we did. Uh, um, Brian, off the air, he, he had a, he was a testament to my rant. Yeah. I'm shocked and ashamed of myself for not having picked the song already. Yeah, I know. I love Tetris. You do. You do. And uh, talking about the composer here for a second, it was composed by Mr. Hip Tanaka himself, Hirokazu Tanaka, who uh, is also known as Chip Tanaka. I mean, he do- he does some great stuff, the man. The chip tune. Yeah, yeah he does some freaking great stuff over there uh, for, he well, for Nintendo. Uh, obviously, you know, Metroid, Kid Icarus, Super Mario Land, Tetris, Mother, Slash Earthbound, Dr. Mario, um, just some of the things that he's done is is fantastic and just really, really, really good. Um, doesn't seem to be uh, obviously, you know, too active anymore, uh, although he did do some stuff for Detective Pikachu. So he he is he did some. And I think you're still playing that. But so uh, on, yeah, chipping away. Yeah, so chipping away like Chip Tanaka. Um, there you but, go. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, he's got a couple things in that. Um, and then he does some arrangements for uh, Super Smash Bros. on Wii U 3DS. Um, Pokey Park, he did some stuff for. Uh, so he, he just looks like he kind of makes appearances here and there for Nintendo. But uh, obviously the, the heyday for Hip Tanaka was the 80s and the 90s for sure. So, how about the song itself, Brian? Uh, it's one of the it's about, one of the most catchy things ever, dude. It really is. How about a tank tidbit? Okay, tank tidbit. We had an Alfred Carroll right, fact so, earlier. So, this song Tetris Type A is actually a 19th century Russian folk song, which if you, everyone who's played Tetris knows is definitely a Russian thing. Yeah, which you uh, can even even see after like you beat the game or well not beat yeah, the game, but see, when you you, you, you see, see the, the Kremlin and all yeah, stuff you and, see the Kremlin, the Russian dancers, all that kind of stuff. So, so the, the name of, the name of the song is which is actually based on a poem of the same name is Koro by Niki. I pronounce it very Japanese, but uh, Koro, <laughs> it's supposed to Koro be Russian. Niki. It's supposed to be I Russian. I, I, I can't do Russian comrade. Uh, Koro oh, by Niki. <laughs> Um, but it's basically a song about a peddler girl uh, haggling over goods, and it's a metaphor for a courtship. So it's a, it's a bit of a uh, a love song. Um, okay. Actually, actually, the poem itself gets into a bit of a risque thing, willing to trade things for things. Ooh, but we're not going to get there. We're, no. We're, what, we're, what are we're, the, we're, we're a family show. What are them Russians doing over there? Yeah. Lots, lots of things. Lots and lots of things. Lots indeed. of things. But uh, no, obviously, uh, great piece of music. One of my, I actually, I, I had it ingrained into my memory over the last year or so because I, I make it no surprise. I am a huge fan of Easy Allies, and I model a lot of stuff for Level Down Games after the after the crew over there at Easy Allies, formerly from Game Trailers. Uh, Kyle Bossman used to do a series on Twitch where he was trying to beat um, the high score for that was submitted by uh, a Nintendo Power by uh what's his name nice. um i forget who it was uh let me look it up real quick Power Fine? no uh tetris nintendo power hi no um steve wozniak okay uh, oh, yes, yeah, Steve Wozniak. He was trying to basically beat the high score that he secretly submitted to Nintendo Power 
back in uh, back in I believe it was the uh, the late '80s or early '90s, uh, and he used to do it every like Friday night on Twitch, and I used, used to tune in and watch him play Tetris. And I mean, obviously, <laughs> you hear that tune over and over and over again, and it just it gets ingrained into your memory. And it's such a good piece of music, man. It really is, and it never gets old. It never gets old. So Hip Tip Tanaka really did something great with this. That's some good stuff. Well, That's and then, again, it's stuff. not even it's not even that he had to do much with it because it's already it's based off of, like you said, a, 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 a actual Russian song. So he just had to, you know, do it in chiptune and make it yeah. really catchy. And it actually worked out really well. So. All right. Let's go ahead and move into my next pick on today's episode. What do you got for me, Brian? We're going to go with something. I've already played. If you're noticing a pattern for my picks, I go something already played, something new, something already played, something new. So it's time now to go to something we've already done in a previous episode of BG Mania. Let's go ahead and take a listen to one of my favorite tracks from 2017. This is Aloy's theme from Horizon Zero Dawn. was Aloy's theme from Horizon Zero Dawn. Again, a track we've played before on a previous episode that comes to us from BG Mania episode number 23, which was our best of 2017 episode. So that closed out the uh, the year last year, uh, besides obviously Radio Hour from that month. 
Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn obviously released February 28th, 2017. It was composed by someone that actually became one of my favorite composers after the soundtrack, George Demand, uh, the guy that's behind the Horizon Zero Dawn soundtrack and the Killzone games. He's in-house over there at uh, uh, Gorilla Games. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what they're doing here. Obviously, I, I'm speculating that the Gorilla Games is working on Horizon Zero Dawn 2, which will be a PlayStation 5 launch title. That's my assumption. It'll come out in 2019. 2020. Probably. Yeah, no, 2020. I hope, I, hope so. I hope so, because look how beautiful that game was for PS4. I know. Can you imagine, can you imagine that game on PS5? I know. I, I'm my, my jaw will hit the floor um, like it does. I really, have to go, I really have to go back and actually... Yeah, finish this game. you do. I was, I was actually going to make a joke saying how my jaw hits the floor because you haven't finished this game yet. So I, I, if we listed up all the games I haven't finished, we could be here all day. Well, play more games, man. It's your job. So that's, that's what I pay you for. Uh, you, you keep sending the check to the wrong address. Don't you worry. I'll get it one of these days. Yep. One day, man. I'm telling you, I don't know what's going on with the mail system, but they just haven't delivered the check yet. I am beating down my neighbor's doors. They're like, who the hell are you? Yeah, I've even sent Alfred Carr out a couple times, and yeah, well, his court date is this week. I tried, <laughs> I tried sending one of the checks to him, and uh, you know he just never got it either. I, I don't Appar- know. Apparently, apparently, fictional characters can't cash a check. Go, go figure. Yeah, you're not allowed to. I mean, obviously, you have to be a, a law-abiding citizen, and he's neither a citizen nor law-abiding. So, well, it's bad enough he's out there wearing the mask, but for Christ's sakes, can he put pants on? It would probably help. I mean, definitely walking around pantless is a bad thing. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, though, still, in my opinion, is one of the best PlayStation 4 exclusives of this generation. Uh, I I would rank it. I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn is up there with God of War and Persona 5 as like the top three, in my opinion, exclusives for the for the PS4. Um, In terms of games of the generation, I think we'd have to put The Witcher 3 up there as well with those three. Oh, hell yeah. And then um, I don't know what else. I don't know what else, but Skyrim was last gen. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was every gen. I thought you realized that. It's going to be on the PS5. It's going to it, be on the it, Tamagotchi. It, well, that's just... I, I think they're finally done now. After the joke of having it on the Alexa, I think that they realize now that they have to just stop re-releasing Skyrim. <laughs> so, surprised we don't have Who any knows? Skyrim picks on the episode today. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll put some work into uh, 6. Yeah. It's coming in the next 8 years. Yes. Yeah. Let's hope it's high, let's hope it's high rock. I'm hoping for uh No, I, I want the one that's in the bottom right of the map. I forget what that is. But so like I said, it starts with a V. Vanaheim. Hmm no. <laughs> high Rock was um Elder Scrolls two. Or or one or two. Like high, uh, Elder Scrolls one or two was set in High Rock, so before before Morrowind. So I don't know, maybe they might go back to that, obviously, because you know, those games were I, not I just ne- want to see it in beautiful not nearly as technically uh, ultra four capable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But no man, Aloy's theme, ever since I heard that piece of music when Horizon Zero Dawn first came out, I was instantly hooked. Uh it's gorgeous. I absolutely love it. Um, you know, when the when the female vocals kick in, I get chills every single time listening to that. And I had to play it here, dude. I had to make sure that it was actually represented in the episode. So, uh, good choice, Ryan. Absolutely great choice. Yeah, I, I bow to your blue nature, which is all and good and beautiful inside of you. It is. But let's go ahead and kick it to your next pick. What are you gonna go for us? What are you gonna do for us? A game that I'm surprised I haven't picked from before, to be quite honest. Tetris. And then I realized, <laughs> well, that's it. And the reason I haven't picked from this game before is because over a hundred and thirty something licensed tracks in here. Grand Theft Auto. Even more than that. 
but I managed to find something actually original from the soundtrack. Uh, this is from a game which whose sequel will eventually come out one of these days and I will play the hell out of. This is 11 o'clock is a direction from Brutal Legend. Oh, this ain't ever getting a sequel. Was eleven o'clock is a direction from Brutal Legend? Came out. That doesn't October. make any sense. So how can eleven o'clock be a direction? Hot chick at six o'clock. Eh. There you go. I, I guess. I'll win. I guess <laughs> I'll give it to you. So, uh, start with the game real quick before we talk about the composer. Uh, this sure. game featured uh, one Mr. Jack Black as Eddie Riggs, mm-hmm. as a roadie transported to a fantasy land, which is all about like heavy metal album covers. So this game just oozed. Frank and Brian all over it. No, it was definitely a fun game. I really, really, really enjoyed it. I really did. Uh, gotta love Tim Schafer for uh, you know directing a game like this. Yeah. I Like I said, though, there, I really don't think this is ever going to get a sequel. <laughs> I mean, they keep teasing it to us. Uh, if we're ever going to see it, who knows? Probably I, not. Yeah, I really, uh, really doubt it. But the composer. Yeah, who's that? It's Mr. Peter McConnell. Okay, a, a well-known composer. Everyone should well basically known. know who that is. Um, uh, Monkey Island, so, obviously. Yeah, Peter McConnell was all the, was a part of the LucasArts team. Yeah. So, Green Fandango, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, Monkey Island, like you said. Uh, and then he started working with Tim Schafer. So, yeah, we have him on Psychonauts, Brutal Legend, Costume well, Quest. Well, we always worked with Tim Schafer. Like... Well, to be fair, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but he started working with Tim Schafer at Double Fine, so... Correct. Uh, also, uh, co-composing with Michael Land. Mm-hmm. Again, another Tim so, Schafer uh, guy. Yeah. Well, I want to be a Tim Schafer guy. Well, they definitely have a uh, they definitely have a style that they that they really just are able to perfect, and it's really good. But this definitely does not sound anything like the LucasArts stuff that you heard. No, in fact, uh, I'm wondering if he's going to compose anything for the new Sly Cooper movie. Hmm. Maybe. maybe. I hope he does. I mean, because the guy's a friggin' musical genius. Yeah, no, that, to... that would be cool. I'd like to hear what he can do with that. Um, just like, you know, when they did the uh, when they did the Ratchet and Clank movie, that, that actually had a pretty good soundtrack behind it because the Ratchet and Clank games have good soundtracks behind them. So Exactly. So it'd be kind of cool to hear him do something for the Sly Cooper. Uh, no, great piece of music, though. Obviously, uh, you, you I told you you lied. You said you weren't going to do metal, and you did. <laughs> told you you were a big liar. Told you you are a big liar. I solemnly swear the next song I do will not be metal. Probably will be then. I promise it won't be, guys. And if I'm lying, Brian will cut his hair. I'm not. I'm not agreeing to that. There you go, sir. <laughs> I'm not agreeing to that at all. <laughs> uh, all right. 
Well, I think it's time. Let's kick it over. We still have two more Jessica picks to do. So let's kick it back over to Jessica and see what she has for us with her third pick on today's episode. All right. And for my next pick, I am doing a song from Persona 4, Dancing All Night, Your Affection, which if you guys have been listening from the beginning, this is the very first song that I picked for my BG Mania radio hour. Um... It's actually the original version that I wanted to do, but Brian, <laughs> he messed up and did the wrong one. But either or, I still love this song, and I just will always love this song. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was Jessica's la- next pick, uh, Your Affection from Persona 4, Dancing All Night. Funny enough, she actually told me that uh, when, because she played this track before, it was actually, and I think I have it here still in my notes, uh, that was on BG Mania episode number 21, which was our Radio Hour Volume 5. Uh, we played the original track from Persona 4 Golden, but she had actually told me that when she picked that track, she wanted it. She actually meant it to be from the Dancing All Night game. So even though we have played that track in the past, we played the original. That there is a remix. So, um, you know, that was composed by... I have it right here. Ryoto Kazuka. He did the soundtrack for Dancing All Night. He does help out Shoji Megaro with the soundtracks for the Persona games and pretty much everything that Atlas does. The remix was arranged by Daisuke Asakura. Yeah, I was actually going to say the, the re, that remix, though, was actually arranged by uh, da, Daisuke Aka, Asakura, or, or however you said it. Whoever knows who pronounces it right. I don't know. I, I did. Probably not. But uh, <laughs> probably my not. Affection, no, your my affection. No, your affection. Your affection. Yeah. Not not yes. my affection. Well, your affection. I, now I'm making a, a personalizing it. It's. Uh, I don't think that would be as good, dude. I don't think that would be as good. But uh, no, that's a, that, that, that's a I, fun I, track. I, I'm, I'm no singer. That's for damn sure. That's a fun track, though. Uh, that's actually Jessica's favorite from the entirety of the Persona franchise. Uh, every she says when she listens to that it just makes her happy. So. Um, and what fun games these are! You get to dance around and solve mysteries. It's great. Well, you don't. You're not. Well, there are the, like the story that's being told to you is kind of like of a mystery story, but you're not really solving that mystery. 
Probably um, I never played it. I'm just it's a mystery machine. But uh, no, like obviously these games are rhythm games. So very much like the uh, Hatsune Miku games, where you're just pushing buttons to the to the beat of the track. Um, Elite Beat Agents, you know, th- things like that. They're they're fun games. Theat Rhythm, Final Fantasy, huh? Guitar Hero. To an extent, yes. Yeah. To to an extent, yes. So, um, you got Brian to agree with me. This is a great up, uh, anniversary episode. <laughs> yeah, to to an extent, yeah. And and Persona Four Dancing All Night was received well, uh, sitting at seventy six out of one hundred on Metacritic. Um, the the next games in the series, uh, Persona Three Dancing Dancing Star Night and Persona Five Dancing Moon Night, or I may have said those two backwards. It could one of them is Dancing Moon Night, one of them is Dancing Star Night, but they're based on Persona Three and Persona 5's characters. Those are coming out on Vita and PS4 early 2019 here in North America. So uh, I'm excited for those. We'll be picking that up on both PS4 and Vita, so I can play it on PS4 and Jessica can play it on Vita. <laughs> but, I know I still uh, can't wait. This is my favorite Persona game. No, it's not. Stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to the listeners. But uh, we're going to go ahead and move into my next pick on this anniversary episode. Frank and I each have uh, have three tracks left, and we have one more from Jessica and one more from the uh, from the listeners. You guys are just going to close out our show. So my next pick is something that I cannot believe we have never played on the show before. Is it from Port? Is it, is it from Portal Two? It's not from Portal Two. It is from Halo Two, though. Uh-huh. This this is the Halo theme, the Mjolnir mix. And that was the Halo theme, the Mjolnir mix from Halo 2. Something that I am ashamed we have not played on this podcast before. But, For shame, uh, Brian. For shame. Well, you as well. You as well. Just like Tetris earlier, you haven't picked that. So, uh, yeah, no. What an incredible track there. Uh, the entirety of the Halo 2 soundtrack was composed by Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore. Martin O'Donnell is someone we've talked about before because we have played some tracks from Destiny. Obviously, yes. he was, uh, they were both in-house at Bungie. Uh, Martin O'Donnell recently left Bungie. I think in 2015 he left uh, in Bungie. So he didn't have anything to do with uh, Destiny 2. But Michael Salvatore still works with Bungie. He actually was the lead composer for Destiny 2 because Martin O'Donnell was not there. But uh, interestingly enough, though, the guitarist you hear on the Halo 2 theme, 
uh, the Mjolnir mix is the legendary guitarist Steve Vai. Wingy Malmonson. Oh. Uh, no, 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 no. Not Ingwie Malmonson. Not, uh, not Joe Satriani. <laughs> not, uh, I don't know who else you want to mention. Buckethead? No, not Buckethead. It's not Slash. No, it's Steve Vai. Uh, not George Lynch. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Steve Vai. Yeah, Mr. Steve Vai himself, uh, who obviously, you know, anytime that you see these magazines, they, they rate some of the greatest guitarists. He's usually in the in the discussions for, you know, obviously for, for Frank and us, you know, for Frank and myself. We are we are big fans of, of that type of music. Steve Vai isn't someone that always jumps up in in my in my mind though. When I think of like my favorite guitarists of all time, in terms of best guitarists, he's definitely in there. But favorite guitarist, he's definitely not in my top five. But uh, he is amazing, and I, I will not deny his capabilities and his you know epicness of, of shredding on that guitar and it's proven there in that in that track for Halo 2 so what a fantastic piece uh, really really like that it's funny because I was actually telling you when we were listening to it but uh, an amusement park here in Ohio Cedar Point up in Sandusky when they do their hollow weekends during like September and October for Halloween uh, which I didn't get to go to last year because I actually do my uh, you know I actually work at a Halloween thing here in, in town now but um, so I didn't go to that last year but they do play like spooky Halloween music in the park throughout you know throughout those days and nights that it's open and they mix the couple video game tracks in with the other stuff that they're playing and this track actually is something that they mix in so every time it comes on it's actually funny hearing the halo theme being played in the uh in, in cedar point <laughs> um how about a nice little liner note here okay what do you got so um june 6th 1960 in carl place new york long island represent steve i was born wait that's, that's your right. li- that's your liner note Steve I is Long Island through and through, the fourth son of Mr. John and Teresa Vi. Is that really on Long Island? Yes, it's really on Long Island. What a shame. See, he had so much going for him, and then you had to drop that in, and now he's like just instantly knocked down the ladder of, of greatness. When are you going to realize that all the greatest things in the world come from Long Island? I don't think I ever will. Okay. I don't think that I ever will, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you're just so full of hate. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I know. The, the greatest book, The Great Gatsby. Boom. Done. That is a good book, but... The greatest WWE champion, Mick Foley. Boom. Done. No, I wouldn't say he's the greatest WWE champion of the all time. The greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Zack Ryder is uh, not the greatest uh, intercontinental champion of all time. Chris Jericho. Born Lion. <laughs> boom. Done. Not true. <laughs> the greatest indie rock band, The Avid Brothers. Never heard of them. They're from North Carolina. Um, <laughs> All right, what do you got for us next? Well, it's going to happen, guys. I-, I made you wait long enough. I've teased it enough. I don't think they care. They, ca- they probably could have done without it. When, when, when the game is over, how do you know it's over? Well, the old saying is it ain't over to the fat lady sings. Or, well, the, or, or the fat guy on the podcast. Again, this is an audio podcast. You don't have to bring up my weight. Uh, <laughs> I don't make up your. I, I don't bring up your, your horrible disfigurement uh, on the podcast because you know no one can see you. You know, it's, guys, it's, it's sad. We started we started recording this episode before I got burnt, and now we're finishing it after I got burnt. He's a burn victim, and I have ammo. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it ain't over to the fat lady sings, and this is actually played out in the game Portal Two. Uh, so this is going to be What You Gone from Portal 2. Enjoy. Well, here we are again. It's always such a pleasure. 
Did you think I meant you? That would be funny if it weren't so sad. Well, you have been replaced. I don't need anyone now. When I delete you, maybe I'll was Once You Gone from Portal 2. You know what's funny? Uh, That's probably the best track you've played from Portal 2 so far to date, but it also describes how I feel about you, dude. I just want you gone. No, you don't. I bring, I, I am the party, okay? Kind of do. Well, find somebody who <laughs> work as cheap as I do. Yeah, three. <laughs> three. Hell, hell, sometimes it costs me money to be on the show, so. Yeah, when I make you buy equipment that you desperately need. <laughs> See? Yep. Now back to what I was saying earlier, how it ain't over to the fat lady sings. Well, the game actually ends with a fat turret with a female voice singing to you. Uh, this itself was actually performed, uh, written by Jonathan Colton, uh, who write, always writes the end songs to uh, the, the, the uh, Portal games. He'll write one for Portal 3 when that comes out. If that comes out. It'll come out. <laughs> okay, Awaken Dream. Uh, this was performed by Ellen McLean, uh, who also performs uh, this song. There you go. Um... Wait, she, was, this was performed by her who else performs this song? Yeah, it's it. It's a Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you confused me for a second. It wouldn't be an anniversary episode without me getting Portal 2 onto the uh, set list. Uh, it seems to almost be a running gag now. How can I get Portal 2 music to be in the themed episode or onto a radio hour? And is it, is I find it, a way. Is it a gag or is it just kind of sad? It's not sad. It's such a great soundtrack. It's very underrated. It should have won uh, soundtrack of the year. What year was that? Every year. Oh, no. I, I, what year did Portal 2 come out, though? Do you have I that? I don't know. Oh. I just... What about a fountain of facts here? Well, I mean, you should have stuff pulled up. I mean, it's just how smart. 2011. 2011? I'm trying to think of other things that came out in 2011, then to a... I don't know. 
I mean, a lot of things came out in 2011, but I, nothing, uh, no. Wasn't Red Dead Redemption 2011? I think it was. It might have been, 20, it was 2010 or 2011. Um, Batman Arkham City, The Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim, L.A. Noir. Okay, Skyrim, uh, Skyrim definitely had a better soundtrack than Portal 2. The, the best uh, Zelda game of all time, uh, Skyward Sword. Not a bad soundtrack, as we found out last week. Not a bad soundtrack. I'm giving well, credit. two weeks ago, two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Last week was Fire and Lava, or this week was Fire and Lava. So it was last week. I forgot. This See? comes out. This comes out the day after the Fire and Lava episode. This isn't. Uh, we're not. Oh, we're not. We're not. We're not. Skyward Sword future. was the one that actually won the music for 2011 for best. Did soundtrack. it really? Did it really? Good for them. Good for them. Although, um, most, although most critics agree with me that Portal 2 was the best song. It was the best one. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So there. You, there you go. There you go. Uh, okay. I'm gonna move to my next pick my penultimate track on this anniversary episode and I'm going to go for the last time to something that we've already played because like I said I, I did something you know already did it new already did it new already did it new so it's time to go for something that we've already done and this is the furthest back we're going on the uh, on the anniversary episode we're going all the way back to BG Mania episode number four Oh, I, th- I thought you were going to play something from Mario Brothers. No, no, I was, I did, I thought about it, but I decided not to. Uh, but I did go to volume one of Radio R, so the very first time we ever did Radio R. So that was BG Mania episode number four from one of my all-time favorite franchises. We're going back to Shenmue 2. This is the Morning Fog's Wave. <laughs>
And that was the Morning's Fog Wave from Shenmue to, again, BG Mania number four, Beta R Volume 1. Probably the most beautiful track we're going to play on the anniversary episode. I absolutely love that track. Maybe, Adore it. Um, it probably is. But uh, I listen to that track regularly. Like, that's my favorite thing I think I've ever played on BG Mania in these past 50 plus episodes because I don't, I don't know how many we've done because of the bonus episodes but um, we're, we're closing in on 60 I believe but uh, everything that we've done I think that Morning Fogs wave there is still my favorite that we've ever done uh, to this day it still might be one of my favorite video game if not my favorite video game track of all time uh, the Shenmue 2 soundtrack was again composed by uh, Takanubi Mitsuyoshi uh, Ryuchi Ayuchi and the legendary Yuzo Koshiro, who we've already heard before on today's episode. So uh, I was unable to find who actually did the Morning's Fog Wave. Um, so I wasn't sure. I'm not sure who actually. Oh, like performer? No, 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 no. Like who actually composed that one out of those three? Oh, okay. Uh, willing to bet it was not Yuzo Koshiro. So I, I'm leaning more towards either Takanube, Mitsuyoshi, or Ryuchi Ayuchi for that one, just because it doesn't it doesn't have that signature Yuzo Koshiro sound to it or, or style. Uh, if it was him, that would be amazing, and I mean I, I would absolutely love that. But uh, I, I'm not sure that it was. But yeah, we heard him earlier, obviously with the ending theme from Streets of Rage yeah. as well. But uh, yeah, no, obviously that's again one of my favorite tracks of all time, if not my favorite from track what, of all from, time. From one of your favorite game series of all time. Yeah, and it just it, it really really every time I and I mentioned this before when we did it, but I still uh, hold true to this now. Uh, every time I hear that, I get teary-eyed. I, you know, I get chills up and down my arms and my spine, and it just really, really makes me reminisce and makes me excited for the possibilities of Shenmue Three. Like, I'm really hoping that game is good next year. I really am. I want it to be so yeah. bad. It's gonna be game of the year 2020. Maybe if it gets delayed again. All right, what do you got next? Uh, I think I'm gonna hit you something really strong here. This one actually really resonates with me. Okay. Uh, and we'll talk about it when we come back. This is. The Stains of Time from Metal Gear Rising Revengeance.
And that was the Stains of Time from Metal Gear Rising Re Revengeance. Uh, that's actually a boss theme. So we could have used that in our boss themes episode. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I, I remember that track, dude. That's a good track. Uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance is a great game. It's a fantastic that, game developed, that's, that's by, developed where, by Platinum that's Games. Where, so. It's where the one where you play as Raiden. Uh, Raiden, yeah. Raiden. Uh, so this, actually, this is the Battle of Versus Monsoon, which is an awesome battle, if you remember. He was the guy with like the, uh, the big red ball in the head. Yeah, he was uh, Jesse, Ven Jesse Ventura's color comment or commentary partner for the longest time in WWE. <laughs> oh man, I do miss me some Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> yep. uh, so the lyrics of the song, as you have listened, uh, they depict a storm that washes away all reasons for fighting. It's a, you know, it's a song about wanting a peaceful life, and you know, but the rain also just washes everything away and has only hatred remaining. So it's 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 poignant for a metal song. Yeah, sure. Um, this was actually composed by Logan Mater and Jamie Crif uh, Christopherson uh, with vocals by Kit Walters. Okay. Not familiar uh, with that uh, name, though, Kit Walters. Who, is he a, a singer from somewhere else or no? Uh, Kit Walters is from No Mercy. No Mercy? Like the video game? No, he, he has a group. Uh, oh, I thought you meant like the video game, like the uh, the WWE wrestling game on the N64. <laughs> so it's like the No Mercy. Okay. <laughs> no, I actually, his song called No Mercy. It's, um, but but on, on his YouTube is uh, Kit Walters music. So you want to check him out? He's a, he's a solo artist. He's pretty awesome. He looks kind of like uh, a young Matt Hardy. Oh, okay. I'll check him out. I'll see if No Mercy's any good or not. Uh, I always like looking at him. Although apparently uh, he has said that the song was inspired by the video game. And if it, and if it just showed perfectly, he says. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll check that out. I'll check him out. Check out their group. But uh, where are we going to next? Oh, it's time for Jessica's last pick. Jessica! Yeah, we have one more Jessica pick to go. So let's go ahead and throw it over to her for the final time on the anniversary episode and see what she has for us. All right. And now it is my last song that I was able to pick. And I decided to go with Rampa. And this is actually the song... <laughs> Brian and I both sat down because I couldn't figure... I wanted to do a song from them. I just couldn't decide exactly which one. And I felt like this one was the best choice for me personally just because I feel like this is the song that plays when things kind of start to get explained and, you know, starts to kind of progress the story in ways that, you know, can have a few twists and turns. But I love it. I know Brian loves it. And I hope you guys love it too.
that was New World Order from four, 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 <laughs> from Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc. Uh, great freaking game. Obviously, we have talked about the composer before, Masafumi Takada. Uh, we've played some tracks from Danganronpa in the past. We've played some tracks from Digimon Story before. Uh, you actually played a track by Hisram when you did God Hand in the past. Yes. So, so we've played a lot, of, uh, a lot of stuff from Masafumi Takada in the past, and there will be more in the future. He's got some good stuff out there. But, uh, yeah, obviously, Jessica, she's a huge fan of the Danganronpa franchise. We've played them all. Uh, one, and two, huge, and three. I'm a huge fan of the New World Order. Of course you are. Of course you are. Mr. Uh, Mr. Hogan himself, Mr. Hall, and Mr. Nash, yeah. Well, those are the original three. I can, I can go on for days with the original, <laughs> the rest of the members. Yeah, but the most... Because, the most... because it's everyone. <laughs> well, true. But the most important one was Virgil. I did that. First of all, he was Vincent when he was in the NWO. Second of all, uh, just saying that we have to contractually pay him like 50 cents. <laughs> yep, yep, I know, I know. Uh, the Dagger Upper franchise is fantastic, though. We've, we've, I've, uh, Jessica and I have played all three of them. Uh, Trigger Happy Havoc, which was the, uh, that was the first one there. Goodbye Despair was the second one. And then the most recent one was um, Killing Harmony. So, very, very good franchise. I'm curious what they're going to do now because the end of Danganronpa 3 totally turned the entire series upside down. Uh, very, very weird what they did there. So, I'll be curious to see what they actually do if they decide to make a Danganronpa 4. Right now, it doesn't sound like they will, to be honest. Um, it, it sounds like they might be actually moving away from from that and, and could actually be telling because... Um, the, uh, the producer of Danganronpa, Yuchiro Sayoto, left Spike Chunsoft at the end of last year. So he was the actual one that created Danganronpa, and then he left them. So. <laughs> and now and of the, course, uh, Danganronpa is a spinoff of the Shin Megami Tensai series. No, that's not true. Oh, no? No, Persona is a spinoff of the, uh, of the Shin Megami Tensei series. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, it's very hot here in New York, so my mind is fried. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to see, though. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, I'm curious if uh, if Spike Chunsoft is going to keep the Danganronpa franchise going or not. If they do, they may have to do some retconning based on what happened at the end of Danganronpa 3. So I'll be curious. I'm interested. Uh, I Prequel wanted to continue. Time, guys. Prequels. I want it to. I want it to. Yeah, that'd be cool, too. I want it to. I want it to continue, but we'll have to see. But we are now down. To the final three tracks of this anniversary episode. Track what? number 22, number 23, and number 24. So, my last pick on this episode. I'm going to go to something again I'm ashamed we've never played before. And, in fact, we haven't played anything from this game in the past. And we never will again. And not true. Mm. Not true mm. at all. Uh, it's taken us this long to finally get to this game. Uh, that's sad because this has a fantastic soundtrack. So for my last pick, let's listen to Chrono's theme from Chrono Trigger.
And that was Chrono's theme from Chrono Trigger. I think that I'm ashamed we haven't played yet. We played some some stuff from some. I think we actually put a track from Chrono Cross in the past, but um, we have, we have. Yeah, we definitely have, but uh, we haven't played anything from Chrono Trigger, and it, it's actually sad because it's probably one of the best, if not the best, JRPGs ever made. Uh, a lot of people actually think that Chrono Trigger is number one, and it probably is, to be honest. Uh, fantastic freaking soundtrack. I don't agree with that at all, though. You never played it, so I, you can't say for sure. I say the greatest RPG is Final Fantasy IV. You never played Chrono Trigger, so you can't say that yet. Does uh, Chrono Trigger feature a magical mage named Rydia? I'm not going to tell you. You have to find out when you play the game. <laughs> who, who summons fantastic beasts. And where to find them. And where to find them. <laughs> uh, you are going to play Chrono Trigger for revisiting the classics at some point. I'm going to make sure of that. But uh, it was composed by two individuals, Mr. Nobu Yamatsu and Yasunori Mitsuda. Oh, uh, wow. Both, Legends. Bo- yeah, both fantastic. Uh, it's, a, it's a dream team. The, the actual the creators did, they actually did Chrono Trigger. It's a dream team because it was designed by uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi, the father of Final Fantasy. The artist was Akira Toriyama. So, you know, the classic artist for, for Square Enix and Final Fantasy was written by Masoto Kato, Takashi Tokita, Yoshinori Katasi, and Yuji Hori. Yuji Hori being the dragon Quest creator, uh, Yoshinori Katasi being one of the main writers behind Final Fantasy. Uh, it was produced by Kazuhiko Oiki, and it was directed by Takeshi Takudi, uh, Yasunori Katsudi, uh, I'm sorry, Yasunori Katasi, and uh, Akihiko Matsui. So uh, it was it was basically a dream team that'll never actually be combined again over at Squaresoft when this was released in uh, 1995. So it, it was a special time, and that's why it's such a special game, why people actually consider this one of the best, if not one of the greatest games Potentially, actually, the best game of all time. So, um, Chrono Trigger is fantastic. Like, it's it's so freaking good. Best game of all time. Yeah, a lot of people actually think it is. Yep. Well, let me uh, introduce into a little Valve puzzle game. It sucks. No. Portal Two is terrible because they're next to Chrono Trigger. You give anyone the option, they're going to pick Chrono Trigger over Portal Two. No, they will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They oh. would. Everyone. Wow, I saw that. I'm on to my last pick of the anniversary episode. This is kind of bittersweet. Mm-hmm. I know. Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go all out here. I'm gonna go for a song performed by a Swedish Argentinian indie folk singer. How go, about that? Going all out, baby. Going all out. <laughs> From Life Is Strange. This is Crosses. Oh 
was Crosses from Life is Strange, uh, performed by Jose Gabriel Gonzalez. Okay. Uh, I remember Van Junip. Uh, Life June is Strange pe- itself. Junpei? Junpei. Uh, Life is Strange, uh, an episodic graphic adventure video game, came out in uh, 2015, January 29th, 2015. Yep. I, I, start, I, started, I started playing it right away, too. I didn't play this game until a little later on when Brian suggested that I uh, pick this up. Thank God you did. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that, Brian. Uh, this song itself was actually featured in the first two episodes of uh, Life is Strange, so uh, Chrysalis and Out of Time. Uh, and when you hear it the, the second time, it's really it really hits you. It's powerful. It's strong. No, it's, it's definitely like, well, that's the way the entire soundtrack is for Life is Strange as well. Like, it's just it's really powerful in general. I mean, the, the bonds between Max and Chloe, like, man, I cannot wait to play the new game. Yeah, even though it's not going to, uh, even though it's not going to feature Max and Chloe, it's still. We don't know. Well, we don't know, but I don't think it will, actually. It's going to be called Life is Strange 2 Return to Arcadia Bay. <laughs> it's actually not. If you you, have, you still haven't played the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit, which is stupid. I noticed you didn't talk about that last week on the Maximal podcast either. I don't have a lot of free time, OK? I've been working on another special project. It's freaking an hour and 30 minutes of your time. Not the way I play games. That would be like five hours of my time. I no, an games. hour and 30 minutes. The way you play games. If you play it normally, you can finish this game in 45 minutes. OK, then maybe I will sit down. Just, you know, I've been busy. OK, I, I have side projects going on. Huh? It's none, pl- pl- none more important than playing games. Uh, just just one. Uh, I'm forming the uh, my, my own special podcast called Brian's a big old poopy head who hurts my feelings dot com. That, that means you get to leave these ones, though, right? I'm all for that as long as you're off these podcasts. Wow, Brian. <laughs> Putting your abuse for over a year now. I know. That's, that's not fair, okay? That's I deserve better, guys. Totally fair. It's totally fair. I think it's awesome. Uh, but, dude, seriously, I cannot wait for the new game, and it's going to be awesome. I am going to love every second of it. Don't nod. Don't disappoint me. For if you do, I will crush you. No, I'm excited for it. I'm definitely excited for it. September 27th. Mark it on your calendars. Yeah. But uh, you know what I'm also excited for? Our last track. Because no, no. I, I, that's the reason I was stalling so much. Uh, <laughs> We're closing I mean, yeah, out with a listener track. I like that. You know what? We care so much about the listeners. You know, they open this, they open this uh, podcast. They're closing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, we're going to have an upcoming episode in November. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dedicated yeah. to you, the listener. We want you to send us every track that you want featured. The more, the merrier. Yeah, uh, I will. We'll compile the best. It's going to be awesome. But uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're we're planning that for right around the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. So it's our thankful episode, and we are thankful for you. So obviously, we want to do an entire fan submission episode. Uh, you have several months to get those to us. We'll probably record that the second or third week of November. So just try to get your tracks in by like, let's say beginning of November. So it means you have the, you know, the rest of July, all of August, September and October to submit tracks over at bgmania at leveldowngames.com. Make sure you do that. And uh, we will, like, like Frank was saying, compile the list, compile the best. We'll figure out how many tracks we're going to play. And then we'll actually put that up on Thanksgiving itself. We'll put that up on uh, November 22nd. So uh, from from us to you, our, our thankful episode for uh, for always being there and, and checking out BG Mania. Well, and bonus points to anybody who finds a turkey related song for that episode. <laughs> how, how you're going to pull it off in a video game. I don't know. But if you do it, 
Actually, I, I think I can think of two. So I will make that my official pick. I think I can think of two. And uh, I actually well, think... don't give them any ideas. I want no, them to do the hard no, work themselves. No, 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 I'm not. But I, I, right now, I can think of two off the top of my head. So nice. Um, one of them from our one of our favorite franchises of all time. Oh but, wow! But uh, Portal shouldn't have any. Uh... <laughs> I didn't say. I didn't say your favorite <laughs> franchise of all time. But yeah, we're going to close out the episode with another listener track. And we had a really good one submitted to us from uh, from a listener by the name of Paul. And we have played tracks from this game in the past. Specifically, I picked things from it because I really like this series. I know you do, too. You're a fan of this. But uh, we're going back to F-Zero on the SNES. And we're going to be checking out Mute City to close out this anniversary episode. Uh, we have played, I think we played Big Blue from, uh, from, have, yes, from, from F-Zero on the SNES. We also played the, uh, the Big Blue variation on the GameCube version of F-Zero as well. So uh, obviously I tend to lean more towards Big Blue when it comes to F-Zero tracks, but there's no denying Mute City is fantastic. Um, but yeah, dude, so we're going to close out that with that. And it was composed by two composers, Yamuki Kanki and Naota Ishida. I was able to figure out exactly who composed Mute City. That was Yamuki Kanki. And uh, uh, F-Zero is probably her, her most successful thing, but she was the uh, composer on the recently released, thanks to the SNES classic, Star Fox 2. <laughs> and uh, she, she also did Special T-Shot, Tetris and Dr. Mario, Super Scope 6, and the uh, Golf, Famicom Golf game on the NES. Nice. So um, that, that's what she's pretty much got to her claim to fame. But yeah, we're going to close out with Mute City from a serial fantastic track. Make sure you stick around and listen to that here at the playout. But other than that, that finally brings us to the close of the anniversary episode. Unless you have anything else you want to discuss before we get on out of here today. Now it's time to say goodbye to our level down family. I can't spell so I don't even know what Mickey Mouse names are. Uh, now, uh, thank you guys for this uh, amazing journey. Uh, here's to years to come. Years and uh, years and a, years and years. It's, it's been a blast and I can't wait to see what's next wake me up when september ends dude you put the boom boom into my heart (laughs) (laughs) all right well that's gonna do it for this anniversary episode we want to thank you for sticking with us as always throughout these throughout this entire calendar year thank you for sticking with us and listening to episodes of bg mania made possible by leveldowngames.com remember remember to submit tracks ideas and requests for future episodes including that thankful episode coming up in november to bgmania at leveldowngames.com regardless of where you're enjoying this content be sure to show your support by leaving a review and if you aren't already subscribe to us on youtube if you're interested in supporting us here at level down games we can continue to do what we love and bring quality content to you on a daily basis remember that we have affiliate links in the descriptions for all of our podcasts on itunes google play and stitcher as well as the description box on all of our youtube videos we've got amazon tech sport gaming chairs origin pc and razor supporting us through any or all of those affiliate links means the absolute world to us be sure to also follow us over at twitch.tv slash games for all our live streams and events we can also be found on twitter instagram and facebook if you want to follow us across social media check that description box below for the appropriate links remember next week obviously yesterday was our lava and fire episode if you missed that check that out now Next week, we are doing the uh, Final Fantasy 13 trilogy, Final Fantasy 13, 13, 2, and Lightning Returns. But if we're speaking specifically about bonus episodes, I will tell you coming up later this month, I am finally going to put up that Xenoblade Chronicles 2 bonus episode that I keep neglecting to do. Uh, towards the end of this month, probably within the last couple days of the month, I'll go ahead and put that up and uh, we'll get that finally out of the way. Uh, our next bonus episode will be in August. We are going to try to get back to doing one bonus episode a month once again. Obviously, this anniversary episode does count as a bonus episode. So the end of the bonus episode 
episode we have planned for August will be a look at the upcoming expansion for World of Warcraft, Battle for Azeroth. Taking us out of this anniversary episode once again, though, we do have Mute City from F-Zero on the SNES. Keep the music playing. Music playing and keep it loud. Wow. Okay. All right.